This guy is nuts. Is he really making daily recordings of his possible divorce and releasing it as a podcast? They both cheated on each other. She's making six figures and still doesn't contribute to any joint endeavors financially. Why is she still with him? Why is he still with her? I can't wait for the next episode. This helped me be a better wife. So this is how men think. I hate my husband less now. I understand my wife more now. These are some of the listener comments to the Divorce Diaries podcast. All over the map, I know. These anonymous accounts of events should resonate with anyone that has been married, is married, or is preparing for marriage and helps couples avoid pitfalls as they might prepare for marriage. Entire seasons are released on Patreon weeks before anywhere else at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Link in description. Now for today's episode. August 25th. Yes, it was rough. Today was sort of the aftermath. It's like took us on a little bit of a roller coaster. We were intimate. I was wanting a divorce. I'm still in. Very intimate. Couple days. Then it was ugly after that. Then it kind of crashed and burned. And it's kind of coming back. Yeah, not a lot of communication. Just some stuff over chat. Yeah, like Google Hangouts or something. Just that's what we had going on today. Just want to try to keep this one brief. This is just going to be one of those maybe lulls and injuries. Um, but there was something that did happen today. When we were chatting earlier, I said something like, um, hey, I'm going to be going to the supermarket a little bit later. Because in, um, in the relationship, I feel that I'm the maybe more thorough communicator. Um, maybe I over communicate. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to the supermarket. I'm going to grab stuff. I know that you said you needed salad supplies, you know, if you need anything else, just type it here and I'll put it on the list. And uh, she says, okay, she puts it on the list. And it's just this thing that she typically um, does. Uh, one of my kids, they do it as well. Typically when I'm not home, uh, she may call me at work and say, excuse me for all the yawning. I'm sorry. Dad, what's for dinner? That's what she'll say. And um, I'm like, okay. And I tell her, and it's funny, like I said, you know, when I told you guys about the morning routine and the evening routine, how I was supposed to take care of getting all the kids out into school and go to work late. And she was supposed to go to work early so she could come back and she'd be here to take care of the kids after school. That's what things were supposed to be. And she sort of reneged and started doing whatever she wanted with her schedule. So I was responsible for the breakfasts making their lunches and preparing that, getting them off to school, and then also my way home, planning or picking up dinner. So my day was literally totally full um, because of her lack of action. And um, it's funny because we, we had a pretty rough conversation yesterday where she, want, she wanted to very much just go back to when, when she did cook, when we were living pretty far away from my job and I was commuting a good distance. She was like, I was... Excuse me. I was cooking every night, and she was. And I would cook on the weekends, or she said maybe you would cook on Sunday mornings or something, which is somewhat true. But I'll give it—I'll give her all of that. She was cooking a lot, but um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call her like today. 
uh, at about 5.15 because I had, a, I had a doctor's appointment and uh, I was on my way back after coming from the supermarket and she texted me, what's your ETA and what are the dinner plans? And she was at home and I'm like, dinner's in the fridge. And like I said, we already talked earlier in the day about I'm going to go pick up stuff from the market. And she did send me the list. It was like salad supplies because I'm like, oh, yeah. She said, you know, we need more salad stuff. So I'm going to pick up the salad supplies. Done and done. So granted, it wasn't clearly communicated by either of us that we're going to have salad for dinner. But I made an entire tray of grilled chicken or um, pan-seared chicken that we would use for different things over rice some in bulk preparation meals and we were throwing it on salad and there was still like three pounds of it left or something i don't know it was a good amount of chicken left so for it to be 5 15 and her texting me what's my eta and what her exact words were um let me pull it up because i don't i don't want to lie to you to you and to uh to my diary entry what's your eta question mark plans for dinner question mark and i said dinner is at home i'm on the way then she put a little question mark over my dinner is at home she put a question mark over that then i replied again at a red light it's in the fridge please look i'm not there and just so i have my times right her eta text what are your plans for dinner was at 459 my reply was at 510 and 511 so at 4.59, you know, I, I, I try to file it away and say, you know, that is sort of an hour-ish before dinner. But a lot of times, because she gets up early, she'll have dinner sort of by herself. She'll just come home and gorge on food or something like that around 4.30 to 5.30. But we usually eat dinner somewhere around 6 to 6.30. She's normally chowing down in the dining room by herself. Didn't ask the kids. Well, they had they had lunch late at like two, so I didn't ask them. I just made myself an entire plate or made myself something, and then I ate it. And now the other four people, because she took care of herself, the other four people are now the other people in the house are now just trying to figure it out. It's like okay, damn, it felt a little bit selfish, but she, she's she's always okay because oh man, I was hungry, so I ate. They weren't hungry, or I felt that they weren't hungry, so I didn't. So I didn't offer, and I'm like, well, "Why don't you ask them?" And I'm just thinking, I'm like, "You're their, you're their mom." Just, hey guys, I'm gonna eat. Like, do you guys think you'll be hungry soon? I'm gonna make myself something, and if you want me to make you something, I would like to do that. But that doesn't happen. It's just you selfishly ate something for yourself. It's what it feels like to me, and I know that's not a. I know that's not what she's thinking. I know she's just thinking in a bubble. I was hungry, so I ate. And she's looking at me all the time with that what's the big deal look. And I'm thinking often, the big deal is you're selfish and you don't realize you're selfish. So in a weird way, you're not selfish because it's not occurring to you and it's not dawning on you. That's how it typically goes. Anyway, come home for all the groceries. I picked up from the store like I said I would and, and I just say hey I um I just thought I just assumed we were having salad maybe maybe we should have communicated that a little bit more clearly 
She's like, oh, I was just saying that we needed more salad and more salad dressing, but I wasn't actually thinking that was the plan for dinner. I said, okay, I understand. Well, I have it. So salad then? Because that's what I assumed and that's what we have here. She said, okay. And she just kind of made the salad and we had salad. And um, then that's fine. That worked out. But it doesn't always work out that way. And I may have brought in some of my old feelings <sighs> into a new situation. So it's just something that I know we as humans just need to get better at. And I especially just when I'm remembering your habits, I am usually going to take your habits and I'm going to put them on to what you're doing and just you're doing it again that's just what I think and that's what I feel and I know a lot of times that might be what she thinks and what she feels and you know you're doing it again um but it's crazy when you're when you're when your cadence is what your cadence is when like for me or my wife my you're doing it again it's like every time a package comes I'm thinking you're overspending you're, you're getting in more debt if that might not be what's happening but all I know is you've been in debt pretty much the entire time I've known you to various levels, varying degrees. Me, I have not been. And it's just when you look at me and you say, you're doing it again. What? Saving money? Delaying gratification? I understand that it can be frustrating if you like maybe want to go on a vacation or something like that. And you want to go to, let's say, Bora Bora. And we only have um, money for the Jersey Shore. I don't know, just throwing one out there. I'm like, yeah, well, Bore Bore's 12 grand and the Jersey Shore is like $2,000. Well, still, like, I mean, can't we, like, don't they have payment plans? Like, wait, 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 wait. I can afford the Jersey Shore for more time for two grand because that's all the money I have and we don't have to go into debt and we can still have a good time. But you're now pouting because we can't go to Bore Bore. Because I don't have 12 grand. And the reason I don't have 12 grand is because you've been paying $400 a month on credit cards. And we could have been saving up maybe $800 each a month, have ourselves in a year and a half at that 12 grand, maybe. If we really wanted to commit to Bora Bora, we could do it that way. But instead, you want to commit to Bora Bora and take out a $12,000 loan or put it on credit, get charged. 20% interest and end up paying $26,000 over the next three years for our 12 grand trip to Bora Bora. I'm just saying we do things differently. We look at the world differently and it's unfortunate that you can't delay your gratification for enough minutes, weeks, maybe even months or potentially years, depending on the goal so that we can actually get there safely, steadily, I'm not saying we have to do that all the time. I mean, for God's sakes, yeah, let's get off at exit 17 and go and grab some Starbucks on a whim. Let's go have that steak dinner. Let's go, you know, maybe I will stop off at an amusement park or whatever. I, I don't know. But if our budgets allow us to take risks in the 50 to $100 at a time, cool. If our budget allows for us to take risks one to two thousand dollars at a time, that's okay too. But if you have a one to two thousand dollar risk budget that you can take, let's say every 
three months or something where it's just, are we really going to, are we really just going to go and stay at that bed and breakfast? Let's do it because you've got that disposable income. But if you've only got one or two grand disposable every few months, maybe going to, I don't know, the casino or going to buy a designer bag once a month or something for 600 bucks or 400 bucks or 300 bucks, that's going to seriously make a dent in the amount that you can save for Bora Bora. And that's where we are. Um, we're very different in that way, which is why we've never been able to save for a joint goal or do a joint thing together. That's why it's always been me paying for things. And that's why I feel the way that I do. And that's why I'm always here at it again. Damn it, you're at it again. So that means I'm at not feeling secure with what you're going to do. Why I'm worried. Why I'm anxious. Why I don't trust you. And then that trust, it spills over. It does. It might stay with money some of the time. But you don't ask the kids and make sure that they're good. So I'm always coming home with stress, wondering, are they fed? Well, I kind of know the answer to that. And I come back in and I'm like, hey, did you guys eat? Oh, no, we didn't. Okay. All right, then. Let me go make you guys some food. And she just sits there, plays games on her phone, just whatever. She hears the whole thing. But just sitting there, just continue watching television, playing games on her phone. I'm like, Jesus. I used to have this real, um, I used to have this real uh, dickish statement I would make. And it was, it was, it was a dickish statement. I'm not saying that it, that I don't believe it's true. I'm just saying the way that I would say it and really even the context of what I would say, it's, it's, it's kind of dickish past the age of three. I think that's when, um, and I will say I'll, I'll be a little bit, I'll be a little chauvinistic here, but I'll give it, I'll give some context first. I'll give context before I say it. So past the age of three. Um, the context is when, when a child doesn't have a physical need for something, um, that can be physically provided by the mom, like breast milk or the nurturing and the, and the closeness to, to her and things like that. Cause we all, we all grow like we're, we're born sort of inanimate objects amoeba ugly slimy looking humans and then we suckle on our moms you know with without any scientific intervention no formula or anything like that if we were dropped in the wild what we would be the woman would have the baby the baby would feed from the mom mom would eat food baby would feed baby would grow baby would feed less on mom more on the things that are outside the fruits the vegetables the meats the, all of those things and slowly but surely, the child would be fully su sufficient. The child would need the mother to protect it in the sense of don't do that. Don't run there. That's sharp. Don't die. That's a cliff. All those things to keep the child safe. And, but then there's something where when a child starts making their decisions themselves and um, I just sort of joke around about it. I don't know if the age of three is really the right age. But I say past the age of three, most mothers should not be raising children alone. That's the case. And, and, and obviously, I believe that before from for men before the age of three, it's like, what are you going to do? You have to be out 
like I said, dropped in the wild, whatever. You've got to go. You've got to hunt. You've got to put yourself in harm's way to feed the flock, the family. You don't have breasts. You cannot feed a child. You are worthless in this role, um, comparatively speaking, uh, or the child will die because you don't have what the child needs. But then as the child grows and the child needs to get, quote unquote, out there in the world and either learn to hunt or learn to care for themselves or learn to learn to learn to through trial and error with things, that is where the mother's skills, I would say, fall off. A lot of mothers, not all, but a lot. Like literally, if it were a cave and I'm not there, why wouldn't you feed the children? You would feed the children if we were still in that time. But we have refrigerators where there's lots of food stuck in them. There's that diner dash, door dash, Uber eats, all this crap. And most importantly, well, I know I've got a husband, I'll do it. So you won't really do anything if you don't have to do anything. And that's not really a woman thing. That's just a human nature thing for most humans. So that's where we are. And that's why I have all of this stress because it is something that I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand why you don't lock in, why you don't set alarms when your phone or your watch keep a schedule like a lot of people do. If you know that your agreement was the PM, why are you reaching out to me after five asking me what's for dinner? I'm not there. I'm at a doctor's appointment. I'm not supposed to be there based on our agreement. You're supposed to take care of the PM. That's what you're supposed to do. So there's that. Done and done. I don't know. That stress will always be there always be something and I just gosh I mean our relationship was the best and I know I want to know if, if if I'm able to find a way to to allow people to comment and discuss things how the heck are it's like before you get married or before you engage in some long-term relationship with a woman it feels like because it's just you and just her you guys want to and are able to just focus on each other more so then there's just less distraction maybe where she's like yeah I'll, I'll cook you that I'll make you that I'll wear this I'll prance around with that cool wow that's great hey I'll do this for you I'll pick you and I'll rub your feet I'll do this <laughs> And I'm parents around for you. And it's 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 very mutual, but then something happens and other things come into play. I'm not saying it's always kids, but it's, it seems like it's something else. And all of a sudden, eh, everything's a chore. Everything that used to be good and that you would want to do is now more of a chore. And somehow the other person being affected by these things that used to be second nature to you being a chore, it's like you're just kind of, well... I don't know, it's weird. You don't have time for it anymore. I guess that's life and maybe marriage, which is why I don't want to be married anymore. I'll go ahead and end this entry. Um, I may tell you guys tomorrow about a little meltdown yesterday. She, um, when she talked about that she will never stop being mad at me. Yeah. 
she says she just realized that she'll never stop being mad at me. I'm gonna make a note of that. I'll let you guys with that tomorrow. Divorce Diaries. Still wanting a divorce. I'm out. Wow. That was the Divorce Diaries podcast. The Daily Saga will continue tomorrow. The full season's episodes are on Patreon now. Subscribe for early access. Click the Patreon link in the description. Hopefully, these entries help our anonymous recorder as a form of his own personal therapy. That's his hope and his intention. Will these recordings of life's curveballs lead this family to the best resolution in the end? We'll keep listening. New episodes are released daily on all podcast players, but all episodes are available on Patreon at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Until next time, 